You are listening to a Nears.org podcast. This episode brings in the CN to our KCS coverage. We are honored to have JJ sit down with Jason Seidel from Cowan. We would also like to acknowledge Cowan for their support in making this podcast possible. Hey, this is Jason Seidel, uh, board member of the Northeast Association of Railroad Shippers. Uh, Nears is uh, thrilled and honored to have JJ Way, president and CEO of the Canadian National with us today. Uh, to talk about the proposed acquisition uh, of the Kansas City Southern. JJ, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jason, for having us today. And I'm pleased to be able to interact with all the crowded customers of NEARS. Yeah, this, this is going to be great. Well, let, let's talk, uh, let's dive in and talk right away about what makes this the right time to make a move on the on the KCS. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's something that CN we've been thinking about for a long, long time, Jason, as you would know. We've been asked often, you know, why, you know, why would you not merge with KCS? Uh, it's the right time because the board of KCS has decided they will sell the company and the company will be sold. And the company, they just all decided to sell the company to another class one railroad. So the timing is now in terms of uh, somebody's willing to sell. But the timing is also very much now because the economy is about to take off again. I mean, I think in many, many ways it has taken off. USMCA is uh, back in the life and it will come to its full life in, the, in this coming decade. And I think... Uh, I think there's more and more people who see the tension between North America, both Canada and the United States and China. And you know, some of the supply chain would be probably better off to be, to be done on the continent. And, and Mexico, let's face it, has an advantage when it comes to uh, manufacturing industrial activities from the cost of labor. And a nearshoring is also another opportunity for, uh, for, for Mexico. So all that says, there's an opportunity to create a really, you know, really appealing product, a, to create the 21st century railroad, continental railroad, a little more north-south railroad that can really enable all of that for those you know, more buyers and more sellers within the continent. So, Okay, I, and I know this is a question that's probably on the minds of many of our constituents at NEARS, but how is this a good deal for the railroad industry? And, and maybe you could talk a little bit about how the service can improve and how there can be some more service product offerings between a CN-KSU combination? Yeah, so our merger, just like past merger we did, is really about the, the choice to create uh, to create more revenue, to create the demand. So it has to start with a customer. So will the customer have reason, choices, to, to use the rail network more than they did in the past? We need to bring business back on the railroad. We need to give customer choices. We need to find ways to create you know, savings for the customers in their supply chain. And then this merger, this is what is the financial business case to basically buy the KCS by bringing business back on the railroad, but also to exploit the economy, uh, you know, for what it offers in the next decade. I mentioned the reason of transcontinental USMC and nearshoring and the likes. And, and then between these two things is what, you know, what's good for customers eventually is good for the railroad. As long as railroad are willing to railroad for customer, as opposed to railroad for one another. So it's not about the lowest operating ratio. It's about increasing the pie that the, the, the rail industry can, can perform of the total needs of the North American freight demand. In order to do that, we don't need an operating ratio of 50 or 49. We need, we need a service that resembles more what customer needs for them to use more of it uh, than they did in the past. And, and JJ, to that extent, what is the main thing uh, that's gonna help you improve service uh, once you take control of the KCS? 
Yeah. So it depends of uh, which segment of the of, of the freight you you are. You know, where your Carlo customers or actual customer. I think Nears members are mostly Carlo customers. So on the Carlo side, most uh, most of the Nears member would probably use in most cases two railroad to get to where they're where they're going to go. So to that point, it's very critical for CN not only to keep gateway open. We will keep gateway open, but find a way to make these gateway even more busy, even more fluid. You know, we would love to see this gateway to be to see more freight because if we if, if we can create a, a, a interchange and gateway open, not only open but also attracting more freight, it, then this way we increase the size of the of the rail pile. We give customers more choices. We protect the choices that they have today. We give them some other choices. And if you are a Carlo customer who ships north south, where you have a factory in Mexico and a factory in Michigan or Central Canada or vice versa. We will be able to give you a single line, uh, one of a new choice, which will be single line, probably more cost effective, probably more reliable. We're not going to take away any of the choices you have today, but we will add that as a single line service if you're kind of a north south customer. For example, if you're in a chemical industry and you're you have Kanya, Chemical Valley, or Lake Charles, or Westlake and Edmonton, we can connect that with single line. But I appreciate the fact for most Carlo that can help. Uh, you know, they will still be needing to, to use two railroads to go where they want to go. So keeping the gateway open, fluid, and in fact, it would be to our own selfish benefit to see more business over this gateway because we would like to get business back on the railroad. That is now almost too much of it is actually on long haul truck. And, and for those who are listening to this podcast who are not NIRS members but might be concerned about intermodal shipments, uh, how would it help the intermodal shipments? So on Etomodal, it's actually, we have a, quite a bit of ambition on Etomodal. We want to create a single line service that starts, uh, you know, from Mexico City all the way to Detroit, Toronto, Montreal, if you go west, Winnipeg, and, and, uh, and then Calgary. Uh, these, these uh, the the network that we will create between the three countries will actually have the longest haul in terms of Antwerp of any railroad that be more, more, more distance than you have, say, from any Long Beach to Chicago. Uh, it's also an intermodal network that will give you single line, single operator, single point of contact from customer service. So think of it today, Jason. If you ship from Mexico, you probably start your journey on TCSM. Most of it is uh, handed off at Laredo to another railroad, either the UP or the VN. And then when you get to Chicago, you get off the train and then you, you hitchhike a ride with a truck to Michigan or Wisconsin or, or Central Canada. So it's basically you're using a, a you're using a tree a multimodal of two railroads and one long haul trucking. So where we would have tomorrow, we would want to create a destination train or train with only two destinations that would originate either in Mexico City or St. Louis Potosi. And when the first stop would be Detroit, maybe the second top stop is uh, is Toronto, or the first stop is Chicago, and the second stop is Winnipeg or Edmonton. So this, this is something that doesn't exist today, can't exist today, uh, because you need to combine the two railroads, but also CN. Let's face it, CN is is a is a class one railroad. Uh, we, if I put myself in the shoes of KCS, it's uh, you know it's probably a down thing for them to compete with the UP and the BN. So they they hand off a lot of traffic at Laredo, the Mexican border. CN would like to also to offer an extra choice, where we also offer a long haul on that model. Not that we would take away the choice of a handoff to UP and BN. That will always be there. But we also want to have an ambition to also offer long haul uh, service and beyond Chicago to to the final destination, as opposed to have a long leg truck haul from uh, from Chicago beyond. 
Well, that's great. Let's let's look at the labor side. Um, you know, will there be any near-term disruptions in terms of who the shippers are dealing with from each railroad? And then when you look over the longer term, will there be a need to add people in the railroad as you take on some of this business that you hope to take on with this combination? So the combination is meant to be uh, mostly about growth. So the combination, you know, depending of uh, you use our number that we know, but when we did the business case, when we public data, well, now that we have done the due diligence, we also have much more detail. Most of the most of the benefit are from revenue growth, you know, 60 to 70 percent, 70 to 80 percent is from revenue growth, 20, 25, 30 percent is from cost synergies. And we're also combining the two companies at the time when the economy is actually growing again. And we're making a combination in a corridor, in a trade corridor, the USMCA corridor, which should actually outperform the North American economy by, by a bit. So this merger is about to us to create jobs, create jobs on the railroad, uh, hopefully create jobs also along, you know, up and down the railroad for those who use our network by giving them better access to market, better supply chain costs. And also over time, uh, I think the, the creating different type of jobs. So we, and it's increasingly more difficult to find long haul truckers. I mean, if you're 25, 30, 35, you may not want to embrace the life where you have to raise your family and you'll be home only after every five, seven, seven days after your, your long haul. So the job we're going to create here is hopefully a logistics job that will attract those that may otherwise go to long haul trucking life and come to the railroad and do trucking in and out of a container terminal and be home every night or, or work on the railroad as a conductor second night because we bring people uh, you know, the, in the different direction the next day. So there will be job, uh, maybe job which are you know, more, more family, uh, more sustainable in terms of a lifestyle because you'd be home more often. And also jobs, hopefully jobs that it, we're playing our own role in enabling USMCA and make that uh, all that what it should be or could be. Well, JJ, I've been a, uh, an analyst for 22 years covering the transportation space. And then before that, I actually worked in trucking for just about four years, and I don't think I've ever seen it worse uh, in terms of driver availability than the uh, industry has it now. Uh, so coming at a good time, I would say, for the rail industry. Um, let's, let's turn a little bit to the trust, because that's obviously a very important function uh, of this uh, acquisition proposal uh, by the CN. Um, there's been a lot of talk about it. Um, you know, the, uh, the STB just issued... Uh, today, maybe about an hour before we decided to have this call together, uh, a ruling, um, and I'd, I'd like you to expand upon their ruling right now, which uh, basically is asking you to sort of uh, reapply your trust application. Talk a little bit about what you think that ruling means, and then also talk about closing into a trust and why that's being used by you and then your, uh, uh, your Canadian counterpart uh, to attempt to purchase the Kansas City Southern. So the ruling is, as you said, Jason, is very fresh. It just came out an hour ago. But definitely the first important part of that ruling is it says that the, the STB wants to, uh, wants to approve our merger under the new rule. And if you're a customer, like uh, the people on the webcast, they want, they want this merger to go under the new rule. The new rule actually protect competition and enhance competition. The old rule protect competition does not enhance, comp does not enhance competition. So CN actually applied our merger under the new rule, he applied and saying that this CN and KCS are of a relevant size. It's been 20 years since the failed attempt of CN and DN together. So it's time for the next merger to be done under the new rule, something in it for the, for the trade industry, for the customers, protect the existing choices, protect competition and enhance competition. 
and give the customers and the customers association a voice in the process, which you will have under the new rule. As it relates to the voting trust, it's quite important because uh, the voting trust, what it's CNCP, is the way to, to get to to get to a merger. Uh, if you the voting trust actually is the path to 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 get to what I would just said. So, on the case of the CN. We would really like the, the, the members of NEARS to support our request to the STB to approve a voting trust, because what that does, it allow us to eventually close a transaction on a pro-competitive aspect, to, pro, to close a transaction, the new rule, which will, will ask of us that we enhance competition. Uh, from the KCS shareholders' point of view, because the process of getting a merger approved takes quite a bit of time, they do not want to sell unless they have a, you know, certainty of getting their money and their shares. So we have a voting trust. the company goes into a voting trust, but the period of the process for the 12 to 18 months, competition remained the same, which is very important for customers. Competition, even though we would own the KCS, the competition between the two railroads remained the same because it'd be, it'd be under the guidance of uh, the trustee of Dave Starling, who used to be the CEO of KCS. And then only when the, the STB approved the merger, obviously with condition, then we would have control of it. So. The voting trust is there to protect customers. It's there to allow the KCS shareholders to certainty that they will close the transaction. But also the voting trust, in case of CN, is what gets us to a, a, a merger that will be under the new rule, pro-competition, enhanced competition. And that's why we will need more and more uh, shipper to actually write letters to the STB saying that they want the STB to approve the CN voting trust so that they have a voice, they have a shot at a merger that's pro-competitive. Now, CP already had their voting trust approved. Can you can you talk about the differences or any notable differences between their voting trust and your voting trust? Yeah, I'd say the, the most notable difference is they applied before us. Therefore, they have the, they have the decision already from the STB. Uh, we applied, uh, you know, roughly a little more than a month later. So the decision will come out in time. And then we'll read the decision of today as to what, what new information, extra information they need. We'll provide that to the STB. Uh, but I think that the big difference is that uh, you know, we applied later, therefore we'll have a, we're not going to have the answer right away. But it goes back to it's important that CN is given a shot to have the voting trust the same way as the CP got. So that ultimately the shareholders of KCS can sell the company to who they want as opposed to who the, the STB decides for them. And from a customer's point of view, it's important because the CN's uh, proposal uh, combination is based on enhancing competition, but the CP proposal is only based on uh, protecting competition. So it's actually the outcome of these two things is very different. And I think from a, from a shipper's point of view, uh, the enhancing competition is a much more appealing uh, proposal. Now, now I know the, the STB's decision is, is, is extremely fresh air as we're talking. Um, but you know, once they get back to you and, and you're able to provide them the appropriate information so they could uh, review your uh, resubmittal on the trust, um, how long do you think it'll take from that point on? And uh, it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like they'll 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 uh, do a public comment period on this. So uh, I don't have all these details, Jason, but I think so far the STB has been fairly diligent in making sure that uh, you know they work each file and it's kind of uh, you know. First in, where you know they, they basically take your, your requests as they come in and they process them. It's they do their due diligence. They, you know, it take it takes time to do things properly. So I don't have a timeline as based on today, but uh, 
uh, you know, I know that I'm sure the STB is conscious of the fact that uh, there's a lot at stake here for KCS. Uh, there's a lot of stakes for shippers who use a North American rail process. They'd like to have a voice at it. And I think most of them would want to see a merger that's done under pro-competitive rule, which is the enhance, uh, enhance, uh, enhancing competition. And then, you know, I'll give it a few more weeks and then we'll see, uh, we'll see where this goes next. Well, I'm sure everyone's going to be watching. Um, you know, when you look at uh, both you and the Canadian Pacific uh, and even Kenzie Southern as they as they sit here being fought over, which is probably the best position to be in, um, <clears throat> a lot of uh, what's going on appears to be a little bit of game theory here and there. Now, CP, I believe, has till Thursday of this week uh, to formally come out and uh, and give a response to uh, to to what happened last week with uh, KCS determining that uh, you had the superior proposal versus them. Um, you know, do, do you think that they're going to up their bid? Uh, and if they do, just sort of how important is it at this stage for the Canadian National to get the Kansas City Southern under their umbrella? Yeah, obviously, uh, we made we, we, we approached KCS uh, five weeks ago, roughly, with the intent because we thought you know, we, we could really partner and create great product together, really exploit the USMCA, the nearshoring. Uh, the, the unique antimodal product, you know, from Mexico all the way to the most northern city that we, we described earlier. So I think there's a lot of value into that for, for those who use the freight network. There's also value, long-term value for shareholders of both CN and KCS. That's what we're focused on. And, uh, you, know, and, and you know, as of last week, uh, the decision of, KCS, of the board of KCS says that they agree with us that uh, our, our offer is more attractive to them all in than, uh, than the offer that they had uh, from uh, the other bidder. And now, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the other bidder has some decision to make between now and then. There's still a lot, you know, there's still a lot to be done between now and the end of this process. It's a journey. It's uh, it's still early on, but we're very focused on uh, on. We, we got into this process to close the deal, uh, and then we're still very hopeful that if, you know things will come together in time, and then each each of these things, uh, you know, just need a little time to to get uh, to get done. Just again. Because the because the voting the voting trust is key to be able to close the transaction with the KCS shareholders, and in the case of CN, a proposal is uh, pro-competitive, means that we will have to enhance competition. I would encourage the NEOS member to significant you know tell the STB that uh, they would like to see a voting trust in time to also be approved. I know we started late, but eventually they will rule on it, and they will rule also taking into account uh, the voice and the comment they get from. Uh, from shippers and customers, and and they can do so by going to the uh, SDB website. So by basically uh, sending the letter directly to CN, we file them directly in that case in bulk with the STB, or they can they can actually file with the STB directly. The simplest thing is to uh, send your letter to CN, and then we we uh, provide them in, in uh, you know a couple of times, uh, you know, twice a week type thing to the STB. Okay, that's that's an easy process. Okay, so if we can put the deal aside for a moment, you, you mentioned the economy is 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 recovering. Uh, it, it feels like you know when we get through this pandemic, uh, things are definitely picking up here in the U.S. I, I think uh, uh, we're actually a little bit ahead of Canada right now in terms of getting people vaccinated. Um, so talk a little bit about sort of the state of Canadian Nationals Railroad, where you see business, and what do you see for the remainder of the year for the nearest audience here. Yeah. So we're to your point. We're a reflection of the economy. We're a reflection of the geography that we cover. 
The U.S. economy is probably maybe, you know, say three months ahead of the Canadian economy because of vaccination. Uh, so we, but, but it's basically everything is growing. It's, it's not difficult to be above last year. Last year, the month of May, at least in the case of CN, was the lowest month in terms of overall volume. So year over year, the comparable is, is easy. Uh, the automotive industry last year was shut down. This year it's running. It's, it's having a challenge and nothing to do with COVID or the economy. It's had a challenge with uh, the famous chips, you know, that, that are in tight supply for every manufacturing sector, not just the automotive segment. But having said that, automotive is doing very well. Uh, things are good. Uh, you know, grain had a fantastic run. Grain export, propane export at CN is also very solid. We have a second propane export terminal in Murphy that opened it up in the last, uh, last two months. Uh, the port business for consumer goods has been extremely solid. Uh, today, as we speak, Halifax is quite solid. The trade from Europe has been very strong. It's also Halifax have benefited from the, some of the challenge of uh, labor challenge of Port of Montreal, who had a strike uh, recently. Vancouver is also very solid for the, for the Pacific coast. Uh, we like what we see in, uh, in New Orleans and Mobile. Uh, the KCS merger would actually you know, make the Port of New Orleans and the Port of Mobile uh, much, you know, much more um, with better prospect because they, they would be able to connect with most much bigger hinterland end -end cities than what they do today. So business is good. Uh, the environment is good. We the, we have capacity. You know, CN is one of the railroad that actually reinvest the most. I think that should be music to the ears of people who use the rail network like Nears. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're, we're, we invest 20% of every dollar back in the railroad. We're doing that this year again. Uh, we create capacity. Uh, we create new choices. We invest in container terminal. Eventually, we'd like to invest into a brand new uh, container terminal in the United States if the CNKCS merger comes together. We'd like to make better, much bigger use of the Kansas City uh, terminal that KCS has. I think that terminal uh, would have a much bigger uh, future under the, the, the connectivities that we would offer it. Our safety performance is also fantastically better. We have basically less personal injuries in last year and one third less uh, incident accident in last year. The, 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 the FRA accident, I think the reason why they're so much better is because of the, the you know, we, we're getting a lot of traction now on the automation that we did for track inspection, automated track inspection, the portal that inspect running train that goes through it and all the wayside detectors that we have. And that's another thing that we would like to deploy on, on the KCS network for United States and Mexico, portal, this wayside detector, and, uh, and then having our fleet of, uh, of uh, automated track inspection uh, boxcar to run on their network too. So it's basically all about preventive maintenance. And then the objective here is to fix things before they happen. And from a customer's point of view, that can only be good, right? You, you don't want us to damage your private car you don't want us to have to basically pay you for the damaged goods that's on the car. You don't want to be part of the disruption. You don't want to have a customers, customers of your customers whose freight doesn't get to destination because the product got damaged in transit in one of these uh, rail incidents. So one-third improvement on, on injuries, one-third improvement on rail accident, I think is also a, a great, a great long-term story for a company who wants to be uh, the premier railroad of the 21st century. Well, JJ, if you heard a knock before, that was me knocking on wood when you were uh, rightfully bragging about your safety record. I'm just a little bit superstitious. So uh, I think everyone on the on this broadcast can agree a, a safer rail network is a better rail network for everybody involved. 
Um, but listen, I wanted to, on behalf of, uh, of the NEARS uh, board and the NEARS membership, I wanted to thank you for taking the time today. I know that uh, everyone's going to feel uh, like they learned a bunch from listening to this podcast. Uh, and then if uh, anybody has any questions, uh, they can uh, contact their Canadian national representative or uh, feel free to contact me uh, at jason.seidel at cowan.com. And JJ, thank you very much for the time today and uh, be safe out there. Yep. Thank you. Uh, stay close to this transaction. Uh, CN has asked and CN has obtained from the STB to do this merger on, uh, on the new rule, which is pro-competition, which required to enhance competition and give us, give us your support by giving letter to the CP, STB to uh, support our request of a, of a boarding trust so that we can eventually provide you what we just talked about here today. So thank you for your time and uh, stay safe. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. If you like our podcast, you'll love our most recent virtual conference, 19 Panels for $99, available on demand at nears.org. Also, be sure to join us live in Portland, Maine, September 22nd through the 24th. For all the latest NEARS details, visit nears.org. I'm John Myers, producer of the nears.org podcast.